Welcome to Trinity. We're a church family learning how to follow Jesus in the city of Nottingham. Our vision is to see the church on fire and the city alive. Okay, so today's reading is from Luke chapter 5, and starting at verse 27, Jesus calls Levi. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi, sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to the disciples, why do you eat with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but those who are ill. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. They said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and in those days they will fast. He told them this parable. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old, and no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, new wine will burst the skins, and the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins, and no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new, for they say, the old is better." This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Heather. I was looking for the little green light on the thing to tell me it was on before I said that. Um, Just so that you all know. Um, Welcome. My name is Mark, I'm part of the team here at Trinity, and if you're new, let me offer you my particular welcome. We're so pleased that you've been able to be with us this morning. Last week, we started a sermon series um, called Belong, and wasn't it exciting to hear a little bit about the next event? You know, our heart here, and this is what Belong is about, our heart here is really to see family in this church I was thinking about family a bit this week because I've had the opportunity to spend a few days away on retreat. And when this happens, I usually leave a little gift and a card for each of the people that I'm leaving behind. Now, I'm pretty sure I started this probably out of guilt. Um, But Ellie, her gift game is a lot stronger than mine, so I've had to start putting more effort in. You can't just stick a Freddo under the pillow and have done with it anymore. Um, So when I heard Simeon, our youngest, playing spy games, he's three, and then I saw this, it was a very exciting moment. 
This was, a, this was an extreme success. I've got pictures of Simeon wearing everything from the top secret Paw Patrol spy pups kit. Um, but the thing that I actually wanted to tell you about um, start, happened on Monday. I was, I was getting ready to go on retreat, and it was just Caleb, Simeon. Um, Caleb's our oldest. He's 10. Simeon is three, and me in the house, and I was doing some packing. And I'll confess to you that when I got to the retreat place, it turned out I had left my toothbrush. So you can imagine that juggling these two children and packing was not going well for me. But as I was getting stressed, Caleb came up to me, and he melted my heart. He said, is there anything I can do to help? Such a sweet moment. He's such a sweet boy. He doesn't always operate exactly like that, I'll be honest with you, but, but he is actually pretty good for that. I was really struck in this moment by the way that Caleb was willing to, A, notice someone else, and B, do something about it. He does it here too. Um, he comes in for both services on a Sunday morning, very often, and puts chairs out before the 9 a.m. I promise I don't make him. There's no pocket money involved at all. That is serious. I know that it sounds sarcastic, but it is the truth. Anyway, I tell you this story about Caleb because I was also really challenged by his attitude. I'm fairly sure that I was not like that when I was 10. I'm pretty sure that I'm not that much like that now as an adult, (laughs) But I was challenged by his attitude. What a beautiful expression of his belonging in the Reeford family, that he's willing to see me, notice what's going on for me, and offer to help. I just want to encourage you, ahead of our next Belong event, can we maybe be thinking like that? Is there anything I can do to help? Can I host Can I help someone else host? Can I order a pizza to go to the house of someone who I know cannot cook to facilitate them hosting? Can I attend a meal? Can I give someone a lift with me? Can I bring a friend? How can I help? Is there anything I can do to help? See, the vision for this thing is simple. We want everyone in Trinity Church Nottingham, to be able to sit down for a meal with sisters and brothers in Christ on that weekend. You don't have to shoot for a room full of perfect strangers with all the awkward silence that that may be conveying to you right now. You gather your own crew, but let's make sure that everyone gets a seat at the table. Is there anything you could do to help? Now, we've been talking about Belong. We've got these Belong events. And last week I mentioned that we're going to spend Lent inviting God to renew us in six areas. Personally, structurally, relationally, missionally, generationally, and culturally. And last week we looked at personal renewal, having a new vision of God. And this week I want to jump from the top of the right-hand column, into the middle of the left-hand column. I know that makes no logical sense. I feel like I'm just addressing myself there and my own qualms about the slide. Why didn't you reorder it? I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) this week, I want to say something about structural renewal. It's over there in the middle of the left-hand column. Um, By looking first at what Jesus says about new wine and new wineskins. Now, 
I don't know how familiar you are. You look like an erudite congregation, but I don't know how familiar you are with ancient Israelite viticulture. Thank you. Wine production. But let me tell you briefly why a new wine, why new wine needs a new wineskin. So a wineskin was usually an animal skin lined with resin to make it waterproof, often a goat skin. They look something like this. Now imagine the waiter bringing that to your table. Do you want to sniff it? How do you even pour it? Don't stay there too long. So this is a wineskin. Now, you might know this. You create wine by fermenting it. Fermentation produces gas. Putting wine into a wineskin to ferment is like blowing up a leather handbag as a balloon. As the wine ferments, the skin gets stretched as gas pushes against the edges and leaks out where it can. And where the skin had once been supple and able to take the strain, by the end of the process, it is stretched and rigid. See, an old wineskin is too rigid to cope with the pressure of new wine. You can't use an old wineskin for new wine. New wine needs a new wineskin. But why would you, a non-Israelite farmer, care about that? Very few of you, to my knowledge, have invented time machines and are heading back in search of an authentic viticultural experience. I think Jesus uses this image from the farming life of the people around him to make an important point about life with God. A new encounter requires a new container. A new encounter requires a new container. See, when Jesus shows up, the people of Israel have been awaiting a Messiah for an eon. But when he arrives, it turns out that God revealing himself in a new way demands something new of the people he reveals himself to. The old ways are too rigid to allow themselves to be reshaped by the new revelation. You can't expect to see God afresh and go away and keep living life along the same lines. New wine needs new wineskins. A new encounter requires a new container. To put it in the words of our Belong series, personal, relational, missional renewal, all require structural renewal. Think about it. You get a new vision of God, or it suddenly clicks that Jesus' vision of loving your neighbor goes way beyond anything your average British individual is comfortable with. Or you realize in your bones that you're called to be part of the army instead of sitting in the audience. What happens next? Either you change something or you lie down until the feeling has passed, like Oscar Wilde did whenever he felt like doing exercise. Not life advice. Either you create a container or you lose what you've gained. Look, I think you know what it feels like to miss the opportunity to get a new wineskin out. You'll tell a few people that you trust in awed tones about the thing that you think you've learned about God and how amazing this experience was. And then the pressure will pop the wineskin and the grace out of that moment is gone and you're back struggling to motivate yourself to read your Bible and pray. 
again. Is there anyone else in there or is it just me? You don't have to put your hand up. A new encounter requires a new container. See, structural renewal is what happens if you don't miss the moment of his grace. It's about reorienting your life in the direction that God is moving. You see, you don't get the full impact of God's revelation if it doesn't cause you to look at your life and ask how it could be different. It bursts the skin and the wine is wasted and the skin is ruined. But more than that, God's revelation is not fulfilled until you are transformed and he is revealed not just to you, but in you and through you. God doesn't reveal himself to you for you. He reveals himself to you because he wants to fill the world with his love. He's renewing all the things, including the structures. That's important because this doesn't just happen on a personal level, but on a communal level as well. It doesn't just matter for you, it matters for us. God encountering his people afresh will lead to us doing things differently as we follow his leading. If we, as a church, encounter God's renewing presence the way that we want to, right, we will have to change to accommodate that. And honestly, that is what the church should always be doing. The church is whatever the Spirit of God calls the people of God to be in a particular time and place. Let me say that again. The church is whatever the Spirit of God calls the people of God to be in a particular time and place. The church then is a work of discernment in every moment. We ask, we listen, and we respond as well as we can, and we trust God in his grace to use that. You see, the renewal of the church, of you and of me, will result in the renewal of the church community. That's why we've got pictures on the wall over there of the way the buildings could develop. You're allowed to look at them. Um, It's because we want everything God has for us and we'll need the space to accommodate that. It's why we're raising up leaders to plant churches and you have to learn words like ordinand and curate because we're committed to seeing God's kingdom come wherever he gives us an opportunity to partner with him. Honestly, this is why there's a Belong series. When I joined Trinity Church Nottingham, back in the good old days, the morning was kids' church only in Johnny and Amy's house. There were pictures on a string telling the story of Scripture, and that was what we did of a morning, Sunday morning. We weren't there every day. That would have been a bit much. Last week, I mean, you saw a mass exodus today, but last week we had nearly 200, 200 kids and youth in in this church across the Sunday. Vicarages are big sometimes, but that's a bit much. See, the vision for this church is the same now as it was then, church on fire, city alive. And by God's grace, we've seen a measure of that fulfilled as people like you have come on fire and we've started to play our part in seeing the city alive. But I know for sure that it's easier to be anonymous in Trinity now than it was when I was pulling up to a house in West Bridgeford and my kids were climbing the Calax units in the kitchen. 
<laughs> I know you're sad you missed it. I can remember wondering if people really knew my name way back when we worshipped downstairs, which is now full of children, before this room had been refurbished because we kept growing. See, a growing family needs a renewed structure to stay connected. You don't stay in touch with your kids the same way when they've left home. As we grow bigger, we're going to have to grow smaller as well. And if you really want to become part of the family here, then it might be that Sunday shouldn't be your sole church thing. You might struggle to build deep relationships with people that you only see on a Sunday. Maybe, maybe for you it's a Levi kind of a moment. Do you notice what Levi does when Jesus calls him to follow him? Levi held a great banquet for Jesus in his house. Listen, maybe March's Belong event is a moment for you to dip your toe in that water. The church has always met in houses. Maybe it's time Trinity Church met in your house. Maybe it's time you met as Trinity Church in someone else's house. You know, next week, we're going to speak to relational renewal, and Matt is going to say some more about what this might mean for us. But my hope and my prayer is that belong isn't a moment for us, but a movement, a movement of the Holy Spirit remaking us as a church, pouring new wine into a new wineskin. My hope and my prayer is that this is a movement of people who've let grace take center stage in their life and are feeling the stretch as the wine ferments and pushes them into shapes they never imagined they would take. That's the kind of church that I want to belong to. What about you? You know, if we're going to be those kinds of people, then we should expect to need structural renewal personally too. So I want you to notice that something Jesus says about the wine. This is only included in Luke's account. The, the Jesus, um, Jesus talking about wineskins is in three out of four Gospels, but only Luke includes this last line where Jesus says that the old wine is better. Listen to the final verse. And no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new. For they say, the old is better. You're learning all sorts of things about wine this morning, aren't you? Older is better. And everyone with good taste said, amen. Anyway, I know nothing about wine. I never drink wine. Um, I don't know why that's relevant. Anyway, what's going on here? Why is the old wine better? Why have I spent so long talking to you about new wineskins and now changing gear completely to talk about old wine? God's grace is never going to stick to the limits of your old wineskin, but he gives the wine of his presence to bring you to maturity, not to give you a temporary high. The purpose of God's revelation is your transformation, that you may share his life and be drawn into his love. You and me, we need God to reveal himself to us, but his revelation isn't complete until he's revealed in us and through us as well. We actually have a responsibility to let his grace take its place at the center of our lives and allow it to ferment and to press us into whatever shape we have to take to hold on to it. 
You have to live like it's more important than what you want. You have to make significant changes to live in light of the gospel. See, it's going to mean putting in place things that turn your attention daily towards the cross of Christ and remind you what the cross says about God and what it says about you. And if you have things in place already, it means asking whether they're still working and whether now that you've seen a bit more of God, it's still enough. See, that, I think, is how you build a wineskin that can host a holy ferment over a lifetime as new wine becomes old and the revelation deepens into transformation. At the risk of sounding extremely American, I think I might be preaching slightly better than your amening right now. I don't know where this rubs for you. I know money can loom large in my mind. Imagine being Levi in this passage. Leave everything, the relatively well-paid role that you've accepted the status of social pariah to get and come follow me, Jesus says to him. You, Levi, can be an outcast without the money. Why do people follow Jesus? But cost isn't always about money, is it? It's often about who's in control. I mean, sure. You might like to tell yourself that you're not good at changing, but human beings are actually extremely adaptable, so it's probably not that. It's more likely to be that you're comfortable with a lot of what you've got going on and or you're scared of what it might mean to give it up. But that's what Jesus calls his disciples to do. Following Jesus means leaving everything. Ben Waymark one of our church wardens is now panicking. Um, he introduced some of us to a phrase that he learned when his kids got a new martial arts teacher. If you found that difficult to follow, it's going to be on the slide. The teacher said to them, you have to empty your cup so you can fill it with my tea. You have to empty your cup so you can fill it with my tea. See, renewal is all about Jesus showing you who he is, which is love, and who you are as a result, the beloved. See, it is scary that you might need a whole new wineskin, but if you've spent your life surviving by living a different identity, by getting your belovedness somewhere else, then trying to put the wine of his love into that wineskin is not going to work. For some of you, I think there's a very specific story about who you are and what makes you matter. There's maybe a moment or a memory which has come to mind. There's maybe a catchphrase that captures who you are to these people and, and how that makes you matter. I have always been... <laughs> I had previously always been, before I tried to confront this, a good boy. And if I could convince you that I was a good boy, that would make me acceptable to you. And if I tried to put the wine of God's love into the wineskin of that identity, both things spoil. For some of you, maybe there's a doubt that Jesus has enough love to go around and you're at the back of the queue. For some of you, there's a sense that maybe you might once have had a wineskin, but after Jesus saw what you did with that, 
He's not going to give you another one. Seriously, trust him. He loves you more than that. Dare to trust that you can leave the lie behind. Maybe this is a really different rub for you. Perhaps you've got distracted. Maybe this is a moment to reconsider what you do to turn your attention daily towards the cross of Christ and remind you what it says about God and what it says about you. See, as I said a minute ago, I think that is how you build a wineskin that can host a holy ferment over a lifetime because consistency beats intensity every time. It's a little uh, greater than symbol. That's exciting, isn't it? Um, I think you know this already. Usain Bolt can roll out of bed, eat some nuggets, and then celebrate across the line, winning a 100-meter gold in world record time, all with his shoelace undone. I don't know if you can remember this. Because he's already done the consistency. He's already defied the comments about how he's too tall to be a sprinter and how he can't start through consistent practice. My, I'm well acquainted with this rule in my life, and it came home to bite me when I was doing my PhD. When I was doing my PhD, I did around about 85,000 of the 100,000 word project in the last nine months, mostly between the hours of 10 a.m. and 3 a.m. I'd love to tell you it was the product of clearly ordered information gathering and inspiration striking, but really... I chose intensity over consistency, and my work and my wife suffered as a result. My friend Tim, who did the opposite, finished quicker and with a better result. Consistency always beats intensity. I don't know how this lands for you. Maybe you're just exploring. Why not join in with what God's doing here? Why not stick for six? Why not go downstairs to the Connect stand and get a prayer card which, which um, tells you our prayer rhythms here? Why not pick that up and get a new container for a new encounter with God? You know what? Maybe you're a little further on. I heard someone say that Jay Pathak, the leader of Vineyard USA, has a question that he asks God every morning. Every morning he asks God, are you proud of me? He went on to make the point that if he doesn't get that question answered by God in the morning, he'll spend the day trying to get other people to answer it. See, what's your question? What do you need from, to hear from God every morning? What is it that needs to bubble away at the foundation of your day? Maybe you feel really close to Jesus in this season. Why not step into something that you've not done before? One of the most significant things that you could do for your own discipleship is get together with two to four other people in a few, pray together, and keep each other accountable. Let me put this another way, right? I didn't want to put it on the slide so that you can't take a picture of it. Who are you confessing your sins to? Bible says, confess your sins one to another. Who are you in accountable friendship with? Sure, it can be daunting to be vulnerable, but when have you ever learned more about someone and loved them less? 
Maybe you've been walking with Jesus a long time. Now might be a good time to look at your rule of life, all the things that are built into your life to turn you towards Jesus. Figure out what's already in it and ask God what's getting in the way and what isn't there yet. There's a great tool for this, which is the rule of life builder on practicingtheway.org. And if I knew how to make them, there'd be a QR code. But I don't, so you'll have to take my word for it and hope that Google will get you there. But friends, I urge you to go away and make a change. Allow the structures of your life to be renewed. Don't let the wineskin be ruined and the wine slip away. If we're going to belong to the kind of church that I think God is calling us to be, that's what we will do. Would you stand with me if you're